It has become known as the perfect storm. Inspired both books and uh, a movie. And literally it become a day when three storm systems combined into one great tremendous hurricane. And uh, literally, literally it was by far a perfect storm by, by all means. Uh, someone has said a mature hurricane is by far the most powerful event on earth. The combined nuclear arsenal of the United States and the former Soviet Union don't contain enough energy to keep a hurricane going for one day. In this perfect storm, boats encounter waves of 100 feet high, the equivalent of a 10-story building, winds at more than 100 miles per hour, waves 40 feet high battered the New England coast. Destroying 200 homes and property damage totaling 500 million. Well, we don't have a hurricane like that. But my, are we not in the storm of our world, this generation? And for this time, we are living in a time when not a storm of winds, but a storm of just an invisible virus has crossed our land. We're where it's real or manufactured, we are in the midst of it. Kind of boxed in, if you will. But it's not just about a virus. There's the storms of depression. Storms of discouragement. There's the storms of death. And not only death, but those who cannot attend a a funeral of the loved ones even though they have passed away. It is a storm of lost education. Our our children lost practically half a year's school. And then of course the storm of lost businesses that may or may not recover. Yet through all of this, not, not only that the lost of us being able to assemble together in a building and and as it's already been said, seat one another up close and personal and have to hear the choir and hear the words of testimony and be encouraged. But in the midst of it all, God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. Amen. And He's still the master of the sea. Why? Because the anchor still holds C.A. Spurgeon said this, There is no attribute, no attribute more comforting to his children than that of God's sovereign power under the most adverse circumstances in the midst of severe trials. They believe that the sovereignty has ordained them, overrules them, and sanctifies them. There is nothing from which the children ought more honestly to contend than the doctrine of their master over the creation, the king, the kingship of God over all the works of his own hands, the throne of God, his right to sit upon the throne for you. It is God upon the throne whom we trust. Who are you trusting today? The writer of Hebrews reminds us while we are fighting, while we're fleeing, while we're feeling, 
or we're fearing. We have a mighty source of consolation and encouragement because the anchor holds. Before I get into the message, oh, let me give you an insight of what those, some terminology so you'll understand through all the message. In time and eternity, this never changes. Number one, the anchor is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for the Savior. I'm glad I know Him as my Lord and Savior today. What a privilege it is to stand here on this beautiful Sunday morning and tell you I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He's my anchor. Of course, the ship is your life and mine. Then the sea, and always in the Bible, the sea is the top of this world. But I love this. The chain that holds the anchor to the ship is what's called his faith. The antidote to all of our fears is faith. When they drop the anchor, it's amazing. When they drop the anchor, it drops into the water. It goes into a sea, and you can't see it, but you know it's there. You can feel the tug once in a while, even though you don't see it, you know it's there. And it holds the ship steady, even in the midst of the storm. I got to studying this thing of anchors. And one of the things, several things I found out, number one, the anchor has to be in proportion to the ship. Depending on what size it is, if it's a large ship, it's got to have a large anchor. Some ships are so large, they've got two or three anchors aboard. But regardless of how big or how small, my anchor fits them all, amen? Regardless of what size the ship is, this anchor's sufficient. Not only them, not only them, it's the only one needed. We don't need two or three anchors. We just need one. Amen. And so the ships would drop their anchors and they would hold. Why is it though as we look at this thing of the anchor holding? Let me give you three reasons today. And my prayer is with this thought in mind, what are you anchored to? No, it's not up to the ship to keep itself steady. It's not up to the ship. Matter of fact, the ship really doesn't have much control on the sea. It's really in control of what the sea's doing. If the sea's rough, the ship's rough. If the sea's calm, the ship's calm. Oh, what makes a difference is what you're anchored to. This morning, may I encourage you to be anchored to the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, I want you to see in our text, if you got your Bible. By the way, how many enjoyed the handouts? Was that, is this a help to you? If, you, if it's been a help, toot your horn. All right. All right, we'll keep doing that then. And first of all, notice with me the pledge that is unbreakable. Hebrews 6.18 That by two immutable things 
in which it was impossible for God to lie. Let me just stop there and just praise God a little bit. He, he, it's not that he can or he will. It is it's impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled from refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us. Let me remind you, everything, and let me help you. I really want to help you this morning. Uh, many watch the media, and, and I understand that. We, we want to know what's going on, and uh, we're curious, and we all watch a certain amount of news. I, I'm not going to boo that out. But may I remind you something? Everything that comes along on the on the liberal media is not the truth. Now some believe every word that comes across the media is truth. And they dive in hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to tell you it's not. Matter of fact, I sometimes doubt how much of it is truth. But I know one thing. I'm certain about one thing. That what God tells me in his book this morning, what God tells me is not, there's no lie. He cannot lie. Titus 1, 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. is not that he has not lied or will not lie, but he cannot lie. Now, to illustrate this truth, he, the writer takes us back and uses Abraham. Notice God gave Abraham a pledge. The pledge, first of all, was given. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Now you'll need to turn to Genesis chapter 12 in verse 1. You'll find that the Lord gave Abraham a sevenfold promise. And the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, and to a land I will show thee. No, here's his promises. I'll make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now that's a pledge that God gave to Abraham. By the way, God's given us many wonderful pledges. Hebrews 6.12, That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So God is given, he given a pledge was given to Abraham. But notice how that pledge was guaranteed. Not only was there a pledge given, but God gave him a guarantee. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto us the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That word immutability simply means unchanging. God makes a promise, he'll keep it. We've all had people make us promises. And those promises were not kept. But when God makes you a promise, my dear friend, it'll be kept. So he comes and he said, Now, the Lord gave him a promise. 
the pledge was given in Genesis chapter 12. But in Genesis 15, God gives him the guarantee. He, he did something in Genesis 15, 9. Said unto him, Take a heifer of uh, three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a rams of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now to understand this, there's three covenants in the Bible. There's the covenant of salt. Second Chronicles 13.5 And you just need to go home and read that for yourself. There's the covenant of sandal. In Ruth, the book of Ruth, where the man would take a saddle off and hand it to a friend and that was his signature, if you will, and the covenant he made. But then there was a third covenant called the covenant of sacrifice or blood covenant. And this is what they would do. They would take these animals, the heifer and the goats and the sheep, and they would divide them into two parts. And they would put one group on one side and would put the other half on the other side. And the two people would lock arms and they would walk down to the middle of those animals. And by doing so, they were saying, God, you do to me what I've done to these animals if I don't keep my promise. God, you do to me what we have done to these animals if we don't keep a promise. So God comes to Abraham. He says, Abraham, he says, you get the animals. You part them both sides. God steps up and he does something that's just absolutely amazing. He reaches over and puts Abraham to sleep. Go home and read it for yourself. Genesis chapter 15. He puts, he puts Abraham to sleep. And then God walks down through the middle of those animals by himself. Here's what God said. Abraham, I'm going to make an agreement with you. It's not going to be about what you do. It's going to be about what I do. And he said, if I do it, I'll swear by myself. Literally, God swore by himself. He was telling God the Father, you do to me what we've done to these animals if I don't keep my promise. But of course, he has to keep it because he cannot lie. Wow, oh, isn't that wonderful? The, the Hebrew writer said there's two immutable things in verse 18. Those two immutable things are this, his counsel and his oath. His counsel and his oath. Folks, may we get a hold of this truth this morning. Either God keeps his promises or he don't. If God's pledged to save you, praise God, enjoy your salvation. If God's uh, pledged to keep you safe, then praise God, don't fear. He'll keep us safe. If God's promised to supply your every need, why don't you quit worrying? He'll supply your every need. The anchor holds 
because of a sacred pledge that is unbreakable. Not only that, nush with me. Secondly, we have a provision that is unmovable. Provision that is unmovable. The pledge was sacred and unbreakable. But we're five papers up here, so but his provision is special and unmovable. It describes a place of safety and position of security. May I say, first of all, he's given help in the present that we might have a strong consolation which I fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. God said, I'm going to give you a strong consolation. And the way I'm going to do that is this. The Lord appointed six cities. Those six cities were called the cities of refuge. If you accidentally took someone's life, if you accidentally took someone's life, and you didn't mean to, but it happened. And the avenger of blood, the family member could avenge that blood. You could run to one of six cities. And if you entered into that city, you were safe. As a matter of fact, nobody could touch you inside that city. The cities were named, first of all, Kadesh, meaning Righteousness. Second city was Shechem, means shoulder. Hebron means fellowship. Bezor means fortress. Ramoth means height. And Golan means exiled. So the writer was saying this. We come to Christ, who is our Kaddish, gives us his righteousness. Like a good shepherd... He becomes our Shechem and carries us on his shoulder. We are the Hebron, Hebron, and we have fellowship with him. His name becomes our fortress, our Bezor, if you will. As believers, we now sit in Ramoth in the height of heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And even though we belong to Golan, we're nothing more than exiles in this world. Thank God. Thank God. This sin-cursed world is not our home. And it'll be a great day in our Christian lives when we realize we're pilgrims and strangers are passing through. We're here for just a while and our home's on the other side and praise God, it's free of all viruses. We won't even need a doctor. There's no tears. No, There's no crying there. There's no weeping. There's no brokenness. They no discouragement. So we find here there's help in the present. But I love this. There's hope for the future. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul? I love that. An anchor of the soul. Every person here, you're anchored to something. For some, it may be you're anchored to this world and its agenda and I wish you good luck. 
For some, you're anchored to yourself. What you can figure out, you're like that ship. It's it's uh, on the sea, but the anchor just flopping around. Just whatever comes, you just go with it. Praise God. Praise God. If you're saved, born again, washed in the blood, you are anchored to the Holy Lamb of God. He says, and we, which hope we have. Now we're, we're living in a day when a lot of people have lost or questioning that hope. A lot of folks have lost hope in a lot of things. But all may I remind you this morning, if your hope's in a Savior, everything's doing just fine. You say, but preacher, we're in a, in a car, having service makes no difference. I, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we have an anchor. Not only is that anchor of the soul, but he makes this statement, it's sure, means it's indestructible ability of the anchor, and it's steadfast, referring to the incorruptibility of the anchor. In other words, the anchor is strong, and it's holding you. You're not holding it, it's holding you. Now, if you're holding it, you got a problem. Because you made yourself more important than the anchor. But if the anchor's holding you, then you're in a good place because it'll take care of you. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I love this. Like the Queen of Sheba said to Solomon, and the half is not being told. Oh, I don't understand. And I'll be honest with you. I don't understand. People ask me all the time, Preacher Nick, what's going on? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what's going you Someone said, well, what are we going to do next? Well, I have no idea. I, I know this. We better be very, very flexible. Amen. Uh, I'm, we're, we're making decisions day at a time. But I want you to know in the midst of it all, I know next week, my God's still doing okay. I, I know, I know who, where my anchor, I know what I'm anchored to. I know what I'm anchored to. Heavenly Father owns a property on both sides. Aren't you glad of that? He owns the property on both, he owns this world. I know the devil thinks he does, but he's a liar. He don't know anything. I don't think he's going to own his hell one day in a lake of fire. But the reality is he don't, he don't own a thing. But all I want you to know, my Savior owns, he owns the, the property on both sides. And both sides are doing just fine. To find you the pledge that is unbreakable. The provision that is unmovable. Let me stop right here and say this. A lot of folks are unnerved. Not because your needs is not being met. Your wants are not being met. We can become like spoiled children. Throwing a fit. Because our wants are not being met. God never promised you your wants. There's a whole lot of things you might want. You might want toilet paper. There's not a good chance you get it though. You might want a lot of things. You may not get it. 
Lord, I want you to know God said He promised to take care of what you need. And may I say, I just wonder, has God took care of every need that you have? Just toot your horn if you have. Amen. Praise God. See, the devil's a liar. devil's a liar. He'd like for you to believe we're going under. We're done. It's over. He's a liar. Pledge that is unbreakable. The provision that's unmovable. But then there's a person that is unchangeable. And that person's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He cannot be rivaled. An anchor of the soul that is sure and steadfast which entered into within the veil. I need to, to explain to you what that means. And I, my prayer is it'll bless you as much as it's blessed me. The ancient selling vessels would come into a harbor and what they would do they would take their anchor and they would drop it down into a smaller vessel, smaller boat. And the smaller boat would go through that little opening that's there in the harbor. And the smaller boat's called a forerunner. He would go within the harbor and go through that real narrow opening. And when he got into the to the harbor, he would hook the anchor. He would drop the anchor and hook the anchor. Then all the ship would have to do is pull in the anchor and it would draw, it would pull them right through the opening into the harbor safe. I, I, I don't know if it's going to help you. It's helped me this week. Jesus has already took the anchor. He's took it within the harbor. He's already there. He's hooked it into the throne room of the Holy God. And all he's doing is pulling the ship in through the opening. We're not in control of this thing. He's in control of this thing. And that blesses my soul to know him. He's in charge. There's no risk to the ship because the forerunner has already taken the anchor in hooked it in, and now all he's got to do is pull in by faith, and the ship just goes through the opening one day, and maybe, 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 we're here. Maybe we're on the verge of Jesus coming. There are a lot of people wondering, I've wondered myself, Lord, are you just preparing us? Are you just readying us? Are you cutting some of the ties that we've been so uh, determined to hold on to? Like money and pleasure and, and all these things and getting us ready to go to the house? I don't know. Just maybe he is. I hope you're saved. I hope you're ready. I hope you know the Lord is your Savior. He cannot be rivaled. He has a hold on us. And he's pulling us into the harbor. He's not left it up to us. Aren't you glad of that? He's not left it up to us to get there. He's already gone ahead. And you know what he's doing today? You know what he's done this morning? 
He's sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for you. Lifting you up. He's probably praying something like, Lord, you see that crowd down there at Solid Rock Baptist Church? They can't go in the building, our church, but I pray, Father, would you bless them while they're sitting in the car? I pray, Holy Ghost to God, your car gets a fall. It would, it would fog the windows up this morning. It gets a real with God. It cannot be revi- re- rivaled. He cannot be replaced. He's anchor of our soul. He's sure and steadfast. He's our forerunner. He's the God of glory. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he cannot be replaced. He made after the order of the high priest in the Old Testament called Melchizedek. Cannot be impeached. He cannot be replaced. And he cannot be voted out of office. Aren't you glad of that? Lord C. Douglas walked into his violin teacher and said, Teacher, what's the good news for today? The teacher walked over, took a tuning fork, and hit the musical note A. He said, The good news of today is this. It was A all day yesterday. And it's A all day today. And it'll be A all day tomorrow. That's the good news. That's the good news. Jesus was Jesus yesterday. Before all this took place, He was King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords today. Right now. Right now. He's not unnerved. He's not taking, he's not taking, uh, uh, pills to come. He's not, he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords right now, and he'll be that tomorrow. He's anchor of our soul all day yesterday. He's anchor of our soul all day today. He'll be the anchor of our soul all day tomorrow. So in the midst, may I remind you, in adversity, and affliction. Let me stop here before I start and say this. Don't you dare lie on me and say this preacher doesn't care about you and your affliction. I've gotten your phone calls and your text, and we're praying for you, and we do care. We really do. And I don't want any person not to think you cannot call me or Text me. I'm not too busy for any person in our church. That's a devil's lie. So if you have a need, give us a call. But during your adversity and affliction, the anchor holds. In the midst of your burdens and battles, the anchor holds. In the midst of chaos and confusion, the anchor holds. In the midst of death and discouragement, the anchor holds. In the midst of enemies and evils, the anchor holds. In the midst of folly and foes, the anchor holds. In the midst of grief and gloom, the anchor holds. In the midst of help and helplessness, the anchor holds. In the midst of those that have lost, those that are lonely, the anchor holds. In the midst of misery and misfortune, the anchor holds. In the midst of need 
or nothing. The anchor holds. In the midst of problems or pain, the anchor holds. In the midst of rejection and remorse, the anchor holds. In the midst of stress and struggles, the anchor holds. In the midst of troubles and trials, the anchor holds. In the midst of war and want, the anchor holds. I love this. He can create a world by stepping out from behind the curtain of nowhere on the platform of nothing and speak it all into existence. That's my God. That's my anchor. That's what I'm anchored to. He brought the waters of the sea simply by blowing his nose. He could sustain four million people on man on water for 40 years. And every parent's going to love this in their clothes. Never wore out. And none died of starvation. That's my anchor. He touched the womb of a virgin. Caused her to give birth to a son. Called his name Jesus. He becomes the savior of mankind. He walked on water. He no blinded eyes. He can give life to the dead. He make the lame to walk. He turn water into wine. And he come back to life after being dead for three days. Oh, the greatest thing of all. The greatest thing of all. He take a hell bound, hell deserving sinner. Now cast a society. A murderer on death row. And make him a brand new Christian. Hallelujah. How many agrees with that? Toot your horn. Amen. Praise the Lord. He knew all those things. But you know what? He cannot lie. He cannot fail us. He cannot flee us. He cannot forget us. And he cannot forsake us. Why? Because the anchor holds. Now the only question we have left this morning is this. I've tried my best to show you that anchor is sure and steadfast. That job you got ain't too sure and steadfast right now. And I've heard and I've talked to several that your jobs have been laid off short time and the struggles that that brings to a home. So our jobs are not sure and steadfast. Grocery stores ain't sure and steadfast depending on what you want. A whole lot of what you want you keep find. All our economy's not sure and steadfast. Don't know where it's going to go. Now I want you to know this this morning. There's an anchor to our soul. And his name is Jesus. And I just need to remind you this Sunday morning. It's sure and it's steadfast. No matter where our ship is today. No matter what, no matter what kind of storm you're in, it's sure and it's steadfast. And the only question is this. Are you hooked to that anchor? Everybody's anchored to something. 
Everybody's anchored to something. Are you anchored to that sure and steadfast anchor? With every head bowed and every eye closed where you're at in your cars for just a moment.